Welcome to This One's On Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Nia. On this podcast, I have conversations that are real and relatable. Join me weekly to be a part of the conversation. Let's get straight to it. Hey, y'all. Welcome to This One's On Purpose podcast. And I'm back with Dr. Amanda, my cousin. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about discipline. Um, Basically, all things discipline. What does that look like? How you get to it? How you get after it? And all of that. So my first question is, I like to ask people, how do they define stuff? Because for me, I don't like looking at the dictionary definition. I like to personalize it and make it my own. So what do you define discipline as in your own words? Discipline, in my own words, is the act of doing whatever it takes to get where you're trying to go. And it's really that simple. Like, there's no extra words needed. Like, that's literally what it is. I wrote down my definition. I said discipline. Having the determination to show up for yourself and things you want to pursue consistently. And with that, that's legwork and mental work. So you just repeated exactly what I just said, but with like 15 more words. (laughs) So do you feel like discipline and self-value go hand in hand? Definitely, because you can't really, nobody can discipline anything if you don't know the value of it. So like when you think of parents raising their kids, parents who don't value the relationship between themselves and their kids or what their kids' goals are, they don't discipline them. They let them run them up and just do whatever. But when you value something and when you value where you're trying to go, what you're trying to do in life, you discipline yourself to think a certain type of way so that you can achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. So if you don't have any self-worth, any self-value, you don't discipline yourself to do anything. You just let life just take off. And then whatever the results are is just what the results are. And that's just that. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I equated it self-value to self-love and I'm like well damn if a person who really loved themselves, they gonna show up and they gonna show discipline but at the same time you can't have value for yourself and lack that discipline so I'm like you know I think I got self-value some days here and there but then I'm like well if you really have high self-value you're gonna show up no matter what and that discipline is gonna be there because whatever you're trying to contribute to the world it's going to take discipline. So you got to have some type of self, self ignitement to show up. So I think it do go hand in hand. You said bridging the gap between your goals and accomplishments. Break that down for the people and for me, because I want to know what you mean by bridging the gap between your goals and accomplishments. Okay. So I think the question you asked me was like, what did I want to talk about regarding discipline? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I told you I wanted to talk about bridging the gap between goals and accomplishments. So what I meant by that is you can set goals all day long. They can be weight-related, education-related, work-related, money-related. You can set them all day long. But what are you going to do to accomplish these goals? A lot of people like to do these New Year's resolutions in the beginning of the year. And guess what? January comes... We got, a, we got some discipline in January because we, you know, we got 11 months to figure out where we're trying to go. 
February comes, okay, we still got a little more time. But the minute you get to like April, May, June, that discipline is no longer because other things in life occur that may deter you from achieving what your ultimate goals were in the beginning of the year. So in order to achieve results from your goals, you have to discipline yourself to think a certain way. You have to discipline yourself to get into a routine. You have to discipline yourself to make time for whatever it is you're trying to achieve. You can't just set a goal and then be like, I achieved it by doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not how it works. That's not how anything works. You have to put in effort. You have to put in time, thought, consideration, all types of things in order to achieve these results. So that is discipline. That is the gap. So you have goal over here, achievement over here. There's something in between and that's the gap. That's discipline. Yeah. Okay. And we had a conversation. I'm going to keep referring to these conversations because me and Amanda, we be talking, you know, she be schooling me, you know, and we had a conversation about goal setting. And just for me, I put a timeline on my goals or a date, like, boom, it's July 1st. I want to have this done by July 26th. For me, that works because, okay, I said it's July 1st. Okay, July 5th, run around. I'm like, oh, you did say that. So then when you get to July 15th and your date was July 26th, it's like, okay, now I got to, you know, got to put some fire to these to these goals. So me putting a date on something, I feel like that's me being accountable. And I feel like if I set a date for something that I want to do, then when somebody else puts a date on something like in the workforce or some another project, I feel like that makes it easier for me to accomplish deadlines in a different way if I put the deadline on myself. Now, this is a little caveat. Don't think you about to give me a two-week deadline for some shit that needs to be done in two months. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. deadlines, they work for me because I'm a, I'm a to-do list type of person. But you said something that I thought was like, oh, dang, I didn't think of it like that. And I think both of our perspectives can work for different people. Amanda said she don't put deadlines and dates on nothing because she doesn't want to miss anything. And I'm like, what you mean by that? And she's like, because if I'm so focused on getting to the goal and getting to that date, I might miss something. So I don't put no date. So how does that work for you? Not putting a deadline or no date. You've just got the innate discipline to just. It's definitely subjective. So you spoke about work <clears throat> and work. You're going to have deadlines. And if this is your job and you want to keep your job, you got to meet those deadlines. <laughs> so it's so if it's something that I set for myself that is not time sensitive, I don't set a date because I want to soak in. I want to live in the moment. I want to gather everything I can from this journey as far as to where I'm going. Um, and for example, my degree, my final degree, for example. So I graduated high school in 2012. A normal person, you know, spends four years to get a bachelor's degree. I spent five. And during that, that those five years, I had beat myself up for the longest time because I'm like, I'm looking at my friends, looking at the people I graduated with. They're all graduating in 2016. And here I go, dummy, graduating in 2017. No, that's how I thought. Like, that's really how I thought. And because I was in such a rush to keep up and meet that four-year timeline, I feel like most of my college journey was rushed because I didn't get, when I moved from California and I moved here to go to Prairie View, I didn't get to, even though I went to one of the top HBCUs, shout out to me, um, I didn't get to, 
I didn't get to experience the full college life because I doubled up on my courses. Um, I was working at the same time, moved away from home. And so because I was so focused on finishing by a certain time, I feel like I missed the experience. So now that I'm completely done with everything, I'm trying to like catch up on that. But that's what I mean by I don't now I've learned not to set dates because it <clears throat> it loses importance, I feel like, to the experience. You lose importance. But if you are a person that's driven by dates and that's how you can hold yourself accountable, by all means, there's nothing wrong with it. But me, I don't I don't feel the need to do that because I've done enough to where I've proven to myself that I can get to where I'm trying to go without having these hard deadlines to where I'm just stressing myself out to meet these deadlines. Now work, like I said, that's a different, that's my job. If they tell me I need something done in two days, guess what? You better have it done in two days or you're going to be calling unemployment. And I'm not trying to do that. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense when you break it down like that. Now you tapped in a little bit on you trying to, you, you felt like you missed out on something. So now you're celebrating, which I'm proud. You know, you go and boss the wall, but it's not going to last that long because this is not even her style, y'all. So I'm happy that she's celebrating. But I did want to ask you, because I had this conversation with somebody else and I think other people can relate. Is it hard for you to celebrate? And I asked that because one, do you feel like there is more to accomplish? Or two, do you, when I was down there for the graduation party, you was like, I, I can't get too excited because that's when things get to going bad. So is it yeah. hard for you to pat yourself on the back and celebrate and really bask in it? It is. And it's so bad to the point where our aunt, <clears throat> Corrine, she had like pulled me to the side during my graduation party. And she was like, I'm proud of you. You did it. You're the first doctor in the family. And I kind of like started blushing a little bit. And she was like, don't you ever be modest about your accomplishments. Like, this is big. And when she said that, I was like, is it really that obvious? Like, is it really? I guess it was. So this is an auntie that I see maybe once every 10 years. So for her to pick up on something like that, I was like, okay. Um, but I'm working on it. It is hard only because I know. So even though I graduated with my doctorate degree, I can't legally practice until I finish this internship. So I'll be in an internship from August 2nd to July 24th. Yeah. So when I finish that, then we may have to revisit the conversation. But right now I mean, I'm proud of myself. Yeah. But I just don't feel like I need to get ahead of myself. Like I don't want to lose focus. I need to, you're not done. So is there a fear of, okay, I'm proud, but like, I don't want to really go up, up because there is still more to do, like you said, with your internship. But I still feel like even now it's just like, no, let's clap it up. And then when we finish the internship, we're going to clap it up some more. But was it always hard for you to celebrate your wins, even the little things? Because was it always that way? Yeah, but it was always for different reasons. Like when I think back to like high school, undergrad years I always felt like if I celebrated myself too much people would be turned off by it like I always felt like my light was dimming somebody else's because that's how people made me feel so I never felt like I could just bask in my like even the other day somebody made a comment like they asked me a question about something simple and it was a very simple answer and the response was oh I forgot you know everything I was like you asked me if the sky was blue it's blue like I don't get it so it's things like comments like that that I'll be like okay you need to chill out a little bit. Like you out here, but then I have to warn myself, it, that's not my fault. Like I can't 
help that everybody doesn't have the drive that I have. And I'm not perfect. Don't take that like that. I make mistakes. I mess up all the time. But um, I still do what I have to do to make sure that I get to where I need to be. Yeah. And we talked about positive self-talk. And I think that not only ties in with discipline, but just in life in general. So with positive self-talk, I think that's what fuels people to keep going. Um, It fuels them to keep, you know, waking up and driving towards their goal. When did you realize like positive self-talk is what's really going to get me not only through maybe this degree or this schooling, but through life? Like, when did you know that? Okay, if you don't start talking positive to yourself, baby, this is going to be a long flight ahead. My freshman year of college, like that was a very pivotal moment in my life because, yeah. You want to know why? Yeah, I want to know. I want to, I want to, yeah. Okay, so a lot of people don't know this, but my freshman year of college, I missed two midterms on accident. accident. So everybody knows when you miss a midterm, that's about 33% of your grade. If you don't have 100%, you can forget about it. I didn't have 100%. I think I had like a 93. So um, that definitely brought my two of my grades down to like 56s. Did everything I could do, talk to professors. I even went as far as like calling my doctor, like, can you give me a doctor's note saying that I had <laughs> I had surgery? Like, come on, help me. And I just felt like nobody was helping me. So I was like, I'm gonna fail. Like, I'm not gonna be able to return back to this institution. Like, I'm not. So um before it got to that though, I got on the I got on the computer. I started researching, called my cousin Danielle. I was like, look, this is what's going on. I cannot fill out of college. I need to make a decision. I need to go somewhere else. I need to do something. Um, I need to start over. Um, so during that journey, instead of being a because I started to beat myself up, like p- people was right. Like you're good at liberal arts. Like you're good at elementary school, middle school, high school. You're not built for college. Like people was really right. Like people have waited to see me fall on my face since I was probably about five years old. So I was telling myself that they're right. But then I had to think like, no, the only person that can change this is you. So you need to get it together. Let's get on this computer. Let's do some research, figure out what it is you need to do to continue and be successful. So that situation is probably the biggest failure that I had in life so far. No, not really, but kind of. Um, so at that moment, that's when I was like, okay, you need to speak positively on yourself. If nobody else is going to do it, you need to do it for yourself and come through for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so speaking positive, positively, that was, you got this, you got to reroute, you're going to be good. Was that what it yeah. was? Yeah. Yeah. It was, bitch, get on this computer and figure out what your plan about to be. <laughs> That's what it was. Initially, did you believe that? Because, you know, I be I be trying to do the affirmation thing, look at myself in the mirror, and I I would get discouraged because some things that I'm saying, I, I don't believe. And they say you got to keep saying it till you truly believe that. When you first started talking to yourself positively, did you believe it at first? Or were you like, I'm just... Mm. I did because of the situation was tangible. Like, it was something I can touch. Like, you can touch a computer. You can do research. You can talk to whoever you need to talk to to make sure you can transfer to the school. But I think that's what made it so believable to myself because I was like, if you put in the work, the results are going to show off. Like you're going to be able to do what you need to do. 
Um, but it's it gets a little harder when it's stuff that you can't touch or stuff that you or stuff that's like out of your control. Yeah. That's when the self-talk it's up to you to believe it, but that's when it gets a little difficult. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking about. Because some of the battles that I deal with, they internal, baby. I can't touch self-love. I can't touch. I mean, you give me a couple of dollars, I can make myself a little happy in a moment. But yeah, that makes sense. When something is tangible and you can physically, you know, that's that's kind of similar to the saying, well, it's out of your control. But that was something that was more so in your control and it was tangible. Yeah, it was contained. Okay. Okay, that's a good way to put it. Uh-huh. You also said something about, I don't know if I'm going to get the order right, but this is what you said. You said you got to know your plan, plan your work, and work your plan. Now, that's a tongue twister. That's a tongue twister. You got to know your plan, plan your work, and work your plan. My question Mm -hmm. to you is, and for myself, because you know know how I get down, but I'm working (laughs) on it. Um, What... Advice do you have for people who feel lost and they don't have a plan? My only advice is the same advice I give myself is to just get by yourself. Isolation, I guess people have their thoughts about it, but I say get by yourself and really just sit in silence and just see what you come up with. I'm still coming up with 50,000 plans, but what is your advice to people who they don't have a plan or no type of direction. Because how can you apply discipline when you don't even have the main point of where you're trying to go? First and foremost, you have to eliminate distractions. So I know social media, and this was actually, my dissertation was on social media and the effect on the brain. But social media is poison. A lot of people don't recognize that it is, but it's poison. Um, especially when you don't know how to utilize it as a resource. And it's just pure entertainment. Um, it's okay to be entertained. I'm not saying don't be entertained by it. But the minute you start to compare your life to what you see on social media, that's when it becomes a distraction. And a lot of people lose sight of a plan or they feel lost because they're comparing themselves to what they see on social media. They see these girls, Birkenbag, G-Wagon. Then they're like, oh, I'm so lost because I'm in a hide and I carry a coach. Like, no, you're not lost. <laughs> like, that's not... That's not you being lost. And there's nothing wrong with a Honda or a coach. Um, but the minute that you start to put yourself in comparison, not even just celebrities, just anybody on social media um, and become jealous of them, that's when it's time to like isolate yourself, not from the world, but isolate yourself from the iCloud world. Because at that point, you no longer have sight of reality. Um, a lot of people don't know what it is to live in their means. And that doesn't mean just monetary. That's also your mental means, your emotional means, all, all the means of life, not just financial. Um, so the minute you do that, then you can focus on yourself and then you can say, okay, I'm trying. And then you have to know where you're trying to go. Like you can be lost, right? So let's say I get dropped off in the woods. I have no sense of direction. Just dropped off in the woods. I know I need to go home, though, right? So even though you don't know where you are, you know where you're trying to go. So now, boom, you know your plan. Now it's time to work your plan. How am I going to get home? Mm -hmm. No, no, it's time to plan your work. How am I going to get home? The minute you figure that out, now you know your plan. And you can work your plan. You need to get home. And then from there, 
you find your way and then you're no longer lost. It may take you some time. It may take you days, years, months. I mean, this is not realistic speaking, but figuratively, it, it can take time, but you know where you're trying to go. So you're going to do what it is you need to do to get to where you're trying to go because you're tired of being lost. And I like what you said about eliminating distractions. I think when a plan is in the infancy stages, baby, steer clear of social media if you are not secure. Because you can wake up with your plan, boom, boom, boom. Then you get online. Oh, shit. Now, because if you're not secure and you you feel like your plan is being attacked because you're not secure in your plan. And I realized that social media gives me big anxiety. So I be having to go off the grid for a little bit. And so I think when your plan is in the infancy stages or you feeling lost, that's like when you said avoid things that are going to be distractions. And maybe your distraction is not social media. Maybe it's just going out and partying and it's nothing wrong with that. But you all up in the club popping bottles and no plan. But you want to be a millionaire. I think we we focus so much on Hold on, I'm going to pause you. Yeah. So remember earlier you said you were confused about where I said bridge the gap? Yeah. You just literally just said it. People be in the club with no plan and they want to be a millionaire. How are you going to bridge the gap? Like, yeah. how are you going to do it? You have to discipline yourself. You have to plan. And then you can take off from there. But without, a, without discipline, you have no bridge. So you're at A, you're trying to get to C. How? Do you think that, because sometimes I'm not going to hold you, I think this, do you think when people hear the word discipline, they, they, that, that signals to their brain, no fun? For sure. They, they, yeah, no fun, whoopings, punishment, like those are all things that people equate to discipline and that's not what it is. Discipline is more so associated with negative than a positive. Yeah. Don't it definitely positive. has a negative connotation. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I think maybe as a child, I thought that it, w- it was kind of a, like a punishment thing, but as an adult, it's like, baby, get this discipline down for, for a year. See what a year can do with your discipline and look at your life. Just, just blossom. Like mm-hmm. disciplining yourself towards the things that is going to benefit your higher self. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. How mm-hmm. we my mama was a disciplinarian king. <laughs> I was a punishment for nine months at one point. But guess what? It put, uh, I kept this together and it carried through to my adult life. For real. Yeah. Let me see. Okay. This is another question. Do Have you ever dealt with, um, and don't quote me because I'm still learning, imposter syndrome where you are who you say you are but and people are telling you like you're you're dope or you're a bomb or you did that and you really did do it but in your mind it's like I'm not good enough this is not good enough this is not good enough have you ever dealt with that mm-hmm. my freshman year, I'm telling you that freshman year of college boy that was a that was a doozy but yeah my freshman year of college um uh, yeah, people would tell me, you know, oh, you're so smart. You know, you're just a genius. And the whole time in my head, I'm like, y'all not knowing. I just missed two midterms. I'm about to fail my freshman year of college. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then also like at work, like in the corporate world, um, a lot of people don't know my first job, I started almost eight, 
almost eight years ago, I started my first job ever. Um, and it took me a minute to climb up the ladder, but it was because I was so focused on school. So once I realized, okay, you got the school thing down pat, now it's time to get to this money that's out there. Um, I ended up accepting some promotions and along the way, people would look at me like, like my bosses would tell me, you're so good at it, you're so good at it. But then the people I was managing would be like, ugh, you're young, you're black. Why do I have to listen to you? I'm older than you. I'm more experienced than you. And then I would tell myself, like, maybe this is not for me. And then I would have to tell myself, like, oh, this is not your end all be all. You're in college, you're getting your degree. But then I would always go back to, they don't want me to manage them. Like, I don't even know how to give them directions because they don't take directions from me. So maybe I can't do this. But then I had my managers. Hey, we got another opening higher up. Do you want it? I'm like, why do y'all keep picking me? And these people don't even respect me. So, yeah, I have. I'm proud of it now, though. Say what you want. Feel what you want. Doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. good. I heard that. What advice can you give people who may be battling with that internal imposter syndrome? Take a step back. And really focus on who you are and get to know who you are and then stand in that, honestly, because you are only as your potential is, as, is only as much as you allow it to be. So if you believe you have potential to go further and do more, guess what? You have the potential to go further and do more. What people tell you, what people call you, yes, it feeds our brain. It, we get signals from it. Sometimes we fall into it. But at the end of the day, if you if you believe in you, nobody can believe in you more than you believe in you. Because at the end of the day, you have to put in the work, you have to put forth the effort. So if you're not going to do that, then of course you're going to be whatever it is they're telling you you're going to be. But if you work against that and you say, no, I'm not that, I'm going to prove you wrong, then you'll be what you want to be. And that's really all it is. Easier said than done, but that's really the best advice I can give. Yeah. I don't know if this is a thing, but I just thought about it in my head. You talked about distractions and I think distractions, they can have like a negative connotation, like you distracted by some penis or some vagina or something like that. Do you believe in positive distractions? I guess it wouldn't be considered a positive distraction. It would be considered more so an outlet to get away because I do feel like you need to take to step back sometimes. Yes, it's good to be pushing towards the goal, but at the same time, you need to take a break and come back with fresh eyes. So do you believe in positive distractions like an outlet, just not letting the outlet become a whole party? As long as it's a decision that you make. It's only a distraction when it's a decision that somebody makes for you. So let's say you're so focused on writing a book, right? You're so focused on writing a book, you've been closed up in the house for months and months, weeks and weeks at a time. And then you have this friend that's also trying to write a book, but she's having writer's block. She been in the house months and months at a time as well, but she's just not getting anywhere. So then she's like, you know what, Nia, you've been working on this book. You just been getting so far. You need a break. That's when it's a distraction. But if you say, I need to clear my mind, I need free space in my head and you decide, let me take a break from this. That's when it's an outlet. You see the difference? Yeah. Okay. But then sometimes you can take it too far and now you you now it's an outlet that's been going on for a week and you didn't put that book down. 
So then that's the discipline. Okay. You like discipline. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Round it, round it, round it back up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's all my questions I had. You know how I do. I like to open the floor and see if my guests have any questions for me. Don't ask me nothing, you know, too hard. <laughs> I was thinking, too, like, what do I ask without giving it? Whatever your heart desires. Um, so from this conversation, what have you learned differently about discipline? See, it's the doctor and her. She always trying to see what somebody <laughs> didn't learn. Like, I mean, because you gave, you gave me your definition at the beginning. So... Has it stayed the same? Has it changed? Do you have a better way to explain it? Um, I definitely think that it stayed the same, but you brought up some good points. Um, and because I'd be like, you know, I get overwhelmed and I'm like, hey, hey, we need a break. Let's go to the park. Let's go to the park turned into that. I'm at the park taking pictures of the sunset. Next day, yeah, let's go to the rooftop, do yoga. And it's like, how about we really back in? And you just made it clear that that, yes, it's okay to take a break, but that discipline is what's going to drive me back to writing that book. That discipline is what's going to bring it back home. And if you like that, baby, you ain't going to finish nothing. And it's a lot it's of just a bunch of goals and no achievements. I'm telling you, people, people, and I think, were you one of these people that like to set New Year's resolutions? <laughs> Don't worry about what I like to do. <laughs> Don't worry. There's nothing, I promise there is nothing wrong with it. It's nothing wrong with it at all. But like it's crazy because you'll go to Walmart, all the planners gone, Did all you the whiteboards gone, all the all the kids can't do those science fair projects, all the all the little boards is gone, newspaper can't find them, magazines. And then it's like, did y'all really, y'all really? No, some people are visual. Like I am, I they am. They are. I am such a visual person. And I don't know why this is just not coming back to me. But when we was at the graduation party, I was like, yeah, you know, it's some street pharmacists that are <laughs> in prison or jail. Or, you know, sadly on their way. Because. Hold on. You talking about drug dealers? Yeah. Anyway, oh. so, <laughs> what? so but okay. we were talking about. I was like, some people are so smart, and you was like, yes, and I was like, um, you was like, but that's discipline. I was like, well, what do you mean? She was, and you was like, that same discipline that they took into, you know, making a plays and all of that, that landed them there. They used their discipline not in the wrong way, but kind of like because I think my question to you was. Oh, you're so smart. That's what it was. I was like, you're so smart. It's just your brain. He was like, no, it's not my brain. It's my brain and my discipline. And I was like, well, and then that's when I was talking about how drug dealers are really smart. And you was like, yes. And they was disciplined and skilled into doing what they do. It just landed them somewhere else. And I just like how you broke that down. So like, you know, can you recall how you broke that down? <laughs> yeah, you, you just said it. Um, you was telling me, you know, that's some real smart people in prison. And I was like, yeah, they, there's a lot of smart people in prison, but they just use, they were disciplined to use their brain in a different kind of way. And it landed them where they landed them. Like you have a lot of people who are prison, in prison, in prison right now that could have been 
Einstein could have been anybody. They still can, honestly, but it was their drive was to a certain way. I don't even know how to explain it. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, so it was, so some people are too smart for their own good. Let's put it that way. Some people are too smart for their own good and they end up getting themselves in sticky situations. Um, Some people know how to make money, know how to get to the money real quick and a lot of it but then the minute they get caught it's because they were doing something they weren't supposed to be doing mm-hmm. um that's like with this ppp loan thing a lot of people were smart like you we got so many accountants in this world it don't make no that didn't go to school for accounting it don't make no sense how many people were able to tap into the system and get these forty thousand dollar loans fifty thousand dollar loans and now they're getting caught and going to jail and they screaming oh i didn't know you didn't know <laughs> but you was just smart for your own good you thought you could you thought you could trick the system not everybody's going to get caught but those who are getting caught and screaming that they didn't know, you knew, but you thought you could outsmart the system. The system is meant to catch people like that. Um, and that's just that. Too smart for your own good. And I know what to do with it. Either. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been reading this book. It's about greed and consumerism. And I just... It really opened my eye. It's called, um, what is it called? Hold up. It's right here. Hold up. It's called All About Love. And it's really, really good by Bell Hooks. And she was just talking about how, like, how people just want to consume and have more than the next person. And that creates, like, lovelessness. And I was just, damn. The minute you have too, too much of something, it loses its value. This is true. Yeah, it's like I always wonder, like Bill Gates, I always wonder, did his money ever lose value to him? I know it doesn't to us because we wish we could touch that much money in a lifetime. But to him, like, did it ever lose value because he had so much of it? Like, how can you enjoy something you just have so much of? And I look at my, I look at Aaliyah with her toys. You have so many. Like, how do you enjoy your toys when you have so many? You can't, you don't have time to individually play with each and every one of them because you have so many mm-hmm. so i always wonder like does does it ever lose value to people when you have so much of something and kind of on the topic of money or things do you think once you attain all the things that you put your discipline toward to obtain do you feel like your discipline dwindles like oh i got it with i can i'm chilling no more discipline i did i put in 50 years of discipline baby it's time to kick my feet up do you think the discipline goes away or some people is just instilled in them it has to stay instilled because the minute it goes away that's when you end up in jail or dead yeah or dead because then you get bored so you You start dibbling dabbling stuff you don't have nothing no business doing Mm. and i'm not it's not just those two places you can end up you can end up in I don't know, bad things, bad situations. Yeah. Okay. So you feel discipline is once it's instilled and you didn't did it so long, that's just what it is. It's just something that somebody should always have. Yeah. Like even when you look at marriages, like you look at these couples, these older couples that have been married 25, 30 years, I'm sure that takes some discipline because it takes discipline. And I'm pretty sure they don't just say, okay, we made it this far. Huh? You think they getting bored? Ain't, ain't no spice no more? They might, but you got to discipline yourself, have some self-control. To, I mean, when you marry somebody, you take a vow, for better or worse, rich or poor, life or death. 
So um, I'm pretty sure when they get to that 30 year mark, they don't look at each other and say, all right, we did it. Time to act wild. But no, yeah. you got to keep, you have to keep working at it. It's an ongoing process. Never ends. Well, y'all, with that being said, I feel like discipline show up in many forms and many ways. It's not just toward a goal. It's, it's, well, it is towards a goal, but it's not just geared towards school. That's relationships. Mm-hmm. That's friendship. Mm-hmm. That's staying on that job, listening to them rules. If you're yes. an entrepreneur, listening to your own rules and setting your own boundaries and even still, I think so many people are, oh, I don't want to work for nobody, but baby, baby, you don't want to work for nobody. That self-discipline got to be out of this world. Thank y'all for listening. Thank you again, Amanda, for showing up and showing out for season two in this thing. Um, of course, of course. I appreciate y'all. So um, if y'all like what y'all hear, make sure you share it with somebody. Y'all can follow me on Instagram at underscore I am purpose and let them know where they can follow you at. Y'all can follow me at a.glover. That's A-Y-E dot G-L-O-V-E-R. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well as leave a comment and a rating so we can grow this thing. And as always, peace and love.